God's Pick Show, NFL Week 2, NCAA Week 4. We got Ace, Ant, and the Harlem Sun. Week 3, NCAA. It's not Week 4 yet. It's Week 4 in my mind. Well, I count Week 0 as Week 1. And he's also still got you as Harlem Sun, so that's in his mind. Let, let, him do, let him do it. I don't care. <laughs> I honestly don't care. That's not your name? That's how you're known on the internets. That's how, oh, that's how I'm known on the web. Okay. On the interwebs. <laughs> Yeah, on, the the on, the, on the dark Trinity web. Trinity. That's how on you know the, the dark web. That's how I know on the dark web. Wow. <laughs> Yo, he's, he's hanging out with Morpheus and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. Right. just to recap last week and for me to brag a little bit. Well, um, why are we recapping? We're getting ready to talk about NCAA. You're gonna recap the NFL picks so you can brag at the beginning of the show. Let while we get through NCAA. All right, and All right. then you can, and then you can go ahead and and, and humble brag on on your uh, wow. your start wow. to the season. Wow, he, wow, he's yes, I'm hating. Yes, you I'm know? hating. I'm hating like I'm hating like crazy because I had like a horrible to... fucking week. So anyway, go ahead. I'd like he's to having, say he's, he's really tuning his horn this week. That's for everybody, for everybody who listened to me, who um was paying attention, who took Colorado, who took Oregon, and who took who um who bet against UConn. Good on y'all. Um, sorry for anybody who I I didn't pick the Texas Arkansas game. Sorry for anybody who listened to me about Utah and BYU and uh, USC over Stanford. Clearly, you know you can't get them all right. But I did give you three jewels, so sometimes you get what you get. So Let's I went three. I went three and two last week in college football. But this week we got to talk about the biggest game of the week, which is the University of Buffalo Bulls. <laughs> <laughs> the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers, which I don't even know what that is. Well, I know Beach went to Buffalo. Well, Buffalo was getting, they started out with the line getting 11 at home. Now they're getting 14. I think it's going to get better to about 14 and a half because everybody thinks Coastal Carolina is going to beat the brakes off of them. But what they don't realize is Coastal Carolina is a ball control team. They like to run the ball a lot. And one of the things that Buffalo actually is known for is having a big defensive line and a big offensive line. So that's kind of where their strengths are. So because they're returning, I want to say it's like, I think it's nine or 10 players on defense. They're returning basically everybody on offense with the exception of um, the Washington football team's new backup running back. Um, so, yeah. I mean, outside of him, everybody on the offense and the defense is coming back. So. I don't know. I think it's actually going to be within two touchdowns. So if it goes above 14 and a half, I would take Buffalo to cover. If it stays at 14 or less, I would take Coastal Carolina. But the fact that it's in Buffalo, this is probably the biggest game they've had up there since they hosted Baylor when uh, Bryce Petty was on that team a couple of years ago. I don't you, know, going up? you going to watch the game? No. What am I going to do? Oh, okay. What? I'm going to drive 18. I'm going to drive <laughs> nine, 12 hours. Oh, man. From You're a Buffalo fan. Buffalo. You're a f- Fan like that, go ahead. This reason Yo, I, got, I got ESPN for a reason, fam. It's gonna be on ESPN hey. too. ESPN two at noon. The noon <clears> game. <throat> Open it up. Ah, uh, figure be on the Ocho. The Ocho. Okay. That them new them new peeps, man. Aren't you gonna drop them to see them? <laughs> Listen, I went to their first two bowl games. I went to I, I went to Toronto to go watch them lose in that game, 
and then they played in Boise, Idaho. Okay. How much of a fan I got to be? I went to Boise to go see y'all play. Boise. <laughs> you ever been to Boise, Idaho? I don't think so. No, no plans. Exactly. <laughs> Definitely not to see a football game that didn't involve Boise State. That's for damn sure. Yeah, there's no there's no flight that comes out of Texas that go there. So, you know. You can't even go. fly there direct. I had to connect to like Montana or some shit. I don't think there's a connect flight either. There's no way I can get there. <laughs> Since I'm covering the Big Ten and the Pac-12, I got three more games for y'all this week. Um, obviously, the big Nebraska-Oklahoma game. Oklahoma's going to destroy Nebraska. Nebraska is getting 19 and a half, about 20 on the road in Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma's going to want to prove a point after having a close game last week, the number three in the country. They're 2-0, so they're going to roll them. I would take Oklahoma all day, every day. And I would also take the over if you get a chance. Nebraska's been giving up a bunch of points, and if they do happen to score against Oklahoma, which they might be able to, I think this will hit the over, which I think is sitting at somewhere around like 60 or 61. And I could easily see Oklahoma dropping 40 or 50 points on them. Um, Cincinnati's going into Indiana. Indiana's been kind of disappointing. This was the game that everybody was looking to for Cincinnati to kind of prove themselves and being there's number eight in the country. Um, I kind of like this one. Uh, Cincinnati's only got a win by five. It's minus four and a half right now. So I would jump on that line quick so that it might get bigger. And then another easy one, Michigan, number 25 in the country now, beating, whooping out Washington, 2-0. They are favored by 27 and a half over Northern Illinois visiting them, who lost last week to Wyoming. That powerhouse of a Mountain West team. And uh, the last one, I think the only one that I'm picking that nobody else is talking about is, what was that last game? Oh, yeah, Mississippi over Tulane, Ole Miss. Tulane's been showing up for a lot of these games and actually played uh, – was it Oklahoma real close? Um, Tulane's getting 14 on the road. They actually won last week. They played Morgan State, scored 69 points on them. Kind of surprising. It's an FCS school. But um, I think they can actually hang with Mississippi. Mississippi puts up a lot of points. They beat Austin P 54-17. But, um, you know, they haven't really been too impressive against other top schools. Like they beat Louisville 43-17. And I think Tulane is actually a little bit better of a team than that. Actually, you know what? I'm going to switch that. I'm going to go with Mississippi. Tulane's been punching above their weight, and I don't see them continuing to do that. So I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Mississippi State, even though it's usually an SEC school. I'm just trying to pick y'all some winners, and I would go with UCLA over Fresno. They're not going to let down against a team like that. They're going to try to run the table and earn Chip Kelly another couple of years in the uh, down there in LA. And UCLA is giving away 12 and a half points or 11 and a half. But yeah, I think they could easily take down Fresno. Cool. Um, <clears throat> so AKA as the resident, as the resident, thank you for using my real name. Uh, as the resident SEC follower here, uh, I will start with the game of the the game of the conference, uh, which is Alabama going to Florida. Alabama's one overall going to Florida. It's number eleven playing in the swamp. Uh, so obviously Florida has the home field advantage here. Uh, that said, Alabama is a 15 and a half point favorite overrunner on this game is 57 and a half, <clears throat> 57 and a half. Um, so honestly speaking, I mean, I know I picked, uh, you know, when we, when we talked Alabama, Miami, a few weeks ago, or a couple of weeks ago, uh, I talked about, um, 
two things. One, Miami's defense being a bit of a oh, test for, you know, you Bryce Young. Yeah, we talked about, you know, Miami's defense being a bit of a test for Bryce Young in his first start. Um, and we talked about uh, Miami's quarterback being a dual, having a dual threat option uh, as a quarterback being a, um, you know, typical uh, type of quarterback that, you know, Bama's defense struggles against. Uh, that didn't seem to have a problem, have a problem with Miami. Um, but Florida actually represents, I would say Florida represents the toughest test of this team thus far. Um, now, granted, it's Miami and Mercer. That's what they had to go against the last, last couple of weeks. Um, but first, this, is this the first real quote-unquote test for Bryce Young? Uh, that's, I think that's a, that's a good question to ask at this point. Uh, he hasn't really been challenged up to, up to, this, up to this point. And, um, but Florida does have a, a pretty good defense to, you know, to go up against, to go up against him. Um, and then I think the biggest, my, the question on the Florida side of me is, is who's going to start? Um, between Emory Jones, the junior Emory Jones, and, and the freshman Anthony Richardson, and Jones has been pretty turnover prone so far, um, and that's the way that Bama beats you. Bama beats you by playing good defense, turning you over, and then turning that turning that into seven because they don't score threes, they score sevens. Their starting quarterback um, is hurt, right? Florida. Uh, well, Jones isn't hurt. He's he's been flipping in and out. Um, so they believe I believe he's. Because I thought they had some injuries because Dan Mullen was like, we don't know who's going to be starting at QB. Yeah, well, it's cause, that's because Richardson lit up South Florida last week. Um, Got it. And, and he's like, he, Richardson is a freshman, true freshman. And the kid is, you know, I, I'm like six, I think he's like 6'4", 230. Runs like a 4'4". Four, four. Like the kids, the kids, you know, impressive uh, to say the least. And again, this is the type, he's the type of dual threat quarterback that, you know, Bama has struggled with in the past. Um, but typically now that, now that I'm thinking about it, it's not that they struggle with dual threat quarterbacks. They've struggled with the best quarterbacks in college. And that's perfectly fine. Like if you struggle against Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence and, you know, um, Justin Fields, Justin Fields and those guys like, you know, that's, that's to be expected. Right. So, um, the, is are are either one of these Florida quarterbacks, one of the best quarterbacks in, in college football? Probably not. So I I'm going to, my picks, my pick here is going to be, um, my pick right here is 38, 24 Alabama. Um, so if you're picking against the spread, my pick, my, I would say I, my, 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 uh, thought would be not to pick against the spread here. I would just take the over, uh, at 57 and a half. I think that's the, to me, that's the, uh, that's the bet to lay here. I think Alabama gets over 30. And if, if, uh, you know, Florida is able to hover right around that 20, 25, 20, 25, 24 mark. Uh, we should be able to, you should be able to cover that pretty easily. So I got Bama by 14. Um, so that's just under the 15 and a half point spread. So me personally, I wouldn't take, I wouldn't take a bet on this, but uh, if you are going to take a bet, bet the over and take that. Give me Alabama on the road. Um, I think because Florida hasn't had a very consistent team, and they don't have as much talent as they actually do last year, losing Kyle Pitts, and the speed on the outside just isn't really there. I believe Alabama is going to be able to hold their receivers, not hold literally, but keep them in check most of the game. And even though Alabama lost one of their starting linebackers who probably won't be able to play this game, the rest of their defensive line, it will outplay Florida's offensive line. Yeah, um, Florida's offensive line is better, but they're just not better than Alabama's offensive line, defensive line. 
the majority of whom came back from last season. So they lost a couple of they lost a couple of defensive starters, but the guys were rotating in and out. So essentially, every year they have about a seven man rotation. So they're about seven deep anyway. So if four guys leave or three guys go off to the NFL, they have another three who are basically rotating in and out with you know majority of them anyway. So and honestly, in college, that's where the advantage comes from. From watching Buffalo play Nebraska last week. When you have a bigger line like Nebraska, you can just wear down the smaller team with a team that's just not as deep. And that's not really a problem in the SEC. So it can be Bam all day. I think they're going to blow them out. Maybe not as much as they did Miami, but this is a three-touchdown win for them, honestly. I'd be shocked if it's closer, even on the road. Yeah, I, w- I mean, again, I, I don't disagree with you. I think it's right. Un- I personally would think it's right under the three-touchdown three touchdown win. And I want to see if Anthony Richardson becomes a starter by the end of this, by the end of this week. If he's able to show something that Emory Jones can't, if they want to win the East, yeah, if If he's able to show something that Emory Jones can't, he might be the starter by the end of the week. And surprisingly, Anthony actually have has a pick for this game. So, uh, you know, Anthony, I'm gonna kick it over to you to give us your pick for uh, Bama, Bama, Florida. Well, I'm definitely gonna be taking on Alabama. I'm taking it over just like you are. I actually quite wrote wrote um wrote up had a write up on that. Um, it's on Facebook right now, but I'm gonna also try to see if I get it on send it over to Ace so he can post it on Twitter as well. But I'm definitely going to take um, Alabama. And this is going to actually be the, the um, game of the week for me. I actually like this, uh, actually going to like this game and see how this thing plays out. It has a lot of implications in the future for me, for me personally. But anyway, for the I'm Jets. taking it um, yeah, uh, <laughs> oh, We didn't have to go there. We are supposed to wait to, <laughs> to later on down the road for this. But yes, for the Jets. <laughs> There's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot of farming on those teams. But anyway, <laughs> I got I got Alabama winning the year, and I'm taking the over in this. Makes cool. sense. Y'all gonna have some more high picks, so you better be watching these games. Hey, don't worry. Chicago be there with them. They're gonna have two high picks. No, you we know... drafted. We, we traded our first round pick for Fields. We out. Oh yeah, we out of the first round. Giants right. have yeah. the two yeah. round picks. The Giants. Yeah. Gonna be the Giants. Yeah. Gonna be that day. Giants we'll be watching that. We'll be watching that Buffalo uh, Coastal Carolina game. Those third and fourth rounders. <laughs> don't worry they got some gems there all right so the second game i picked this week is uh auburn visiting penn state auburn is the 22nd team overall and penn state comes in at the number 10 uh we've got penn state minus six over under on this game is 52 and a half interesting interesting t- tidbits about this game um although these two teams have met uh in bowl season uh, in bowls in the past. This is actually the first meeting between these two teams in the regular season in either school's history. Um, and I actually look at this as a strength versus strength. Penn State's defense so far has been actually really stellar. Um, they've only given up 23 combined points in two games that they've played versus Wisconsin and Ball State. Uh, meanwhile, Auburn on the other side has pretty much been the most offensively, <laughs> has been an offensive juggernaut. They scored 122 points in their two games versus, of course, Akron and Alabama State. So something's got to give here uh, between the two. I tend to lean towards defense winning out, um, potentially winning, you know, probably winning the game overall. But definitely, um, uh, I don't think they're covering the spread. I think uh, if I'm going to pick here, I'm going to pick Auburn to cover the spread. It'll remain a it'll remain a close game because it feels like Penn State is starting to uh, Penn State's going to play close. They're going to keep keep the games close, keep the games within a reasonable amount. Their defense is going to hold things down. And if that if this game gets over, 
I think I think if either one of these teams gets over 30 points, I'd be surprised. Um, so I would go ahead and take Penn State and I would take the under here, uh, give, give the six and take the under for Penn State's defense to hold down Auburn. So that's uh, that's where I'm rolling here. All right. So I don't remember the last time these teams met in a bowl game. I'm going with Penn State because of two reasons. Jahan Doxson. He was a star wideout for them last year. Yep. He returned this year for a senior season. If you're watching for people who are going to be in the NFL, he will be in the NFL. 5'11", 190 speedster. Kind of reminds me of a crisper route runner, but a little bit like uh, Victor Cruz. Probably a taller version of Victor Cruz. Um, that kid will light up the Auburn secondary, who's already so-so as it is. Um, Auburn has a first-year head coach. Just they ran out of Gus, ran Gus Malzahn out of there, and they have 41 returning lettermen. So nine on offense, seven on defense. And their last bowl game was when they played Memphis, who was number 15 in the country, in the Cotton Bowl in 2019, and they beat them 53 to 39. And I can't remember the last time Auburn went to a bowl game that big and actually won because this is the Auburn that I remember losing the UCF. Last time Auburn was good, mm-hmm. they had Cam Newton. And Bo Nix is good, but he ain't no Cam Newton. So give me Penn State. Give me James Franklin. He has that team coached up. And more importantly, they have him at home. So Happy Valley, White Out, Noon on Fox. I'm going to be watching that one. Yeah, same here. And I think Uh, the line's moving up to minus seven and a half. But it is at six, so jump on that early. Because if you can tease that down to under a touchdown, that's a safer bet. Yep, jump that, jump on that now because that, that's what I was saying. Like at six, I'm definitely rolling with the with with Penn State on this one. Oh, uh, did we get to BYU? I'm sorry, BYU Arizona State. You doing that? I don't know. Is Ant okay. doing that one? No, I don't know. No. Anyway, uh, the next game I'm doing is a oldie but goodie. Um, Purdue at Notre Dame. Surprisingly, this is the 85th time that these two teams have met each other, but they have not played each other since I believe 2014 was the last time they played each other. Um, so it's been seven years, right? Yeah, seven years since, since the two teams have played against each other. Uh, but this is an old school rivalry. Um, these two teams have played each other for a lot. They have their own Wikipedia. Like the rivalry itself has its own Wikipedia page. It's crazy. Um, both teams come in at 2-0. and Notre Dame, surprisingly, is, is actually 0-2 against the spread this season, although, although being 2-0. Being and Purdue, I expect this game to get really crazy on the offensive side. Um, so far in their two games of the season, Purdue has averaged just under 40 points per game. Now, granted, they did drop 49 against Ace's favorite team, UConn, last weekend. So that skews the numbers a little bit. Um, but on the flip side of that, Notre Dame's defense has given up an average of 33 and a half points per game in their two wins versus offensive juggernauts, Florida State and Toledo of all teams. So, um, Notre Dame's defense hey, is not very good, and Purdue can score. <laughs> Purdue can score. Notre Dame's, Notre Dame's defense is not very good. Expect this one to go over. This 59 and a half uh, is the over-under right now. I expect this game to go over. I have the pick. Uh, Notre Dame is uh, favored by seven and a half. I actually have the pick right now of Notre Dame 38, Purdue 35. So I have Notre Dame not covering the seven and a half, but I have the over here. So this is another one where I think the line is a little bit a little bit high, just given how poor Notre Dame's defense is. I don't trust them to be able to hold any any for hold hold any team for that matter until they show it. So I would not take I would not take the uh, the, the 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 points here 
Uh, I would not take or give the points here. I would take the over and play that if that's going to be your bet. So I think Notre Dame will win the game. They're at home. Um, this is just, you know, obviously a rivalry that they've, they've, they're familiar with each other, even though they haven't played, played each other in seven years. Um, but take the over here, uh, hit the over and uh, enjoy, the, enjoy the game. It's going to be a lot of points scored. And then last but not least for me, on, uh, oh, oh, you, I, you, you I wanted to dig I in there? Get on, I can't even oh, get yeah, on. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. All right, thank you. Purdue's quarterback, Jack Plummer, no relation to Jake Plummer, um, threw four touchdowns last week against UConn in the first half. First half of the game. Didn't even play the second half. 245, 16 to 20, four touchdowns, first half. UConn still didn't score against the second and third stringers in the second half. Toledo probably one of the best teams in the MAC conference was beating Notre Dame. They had to get mm-hmm. lucky to come back and win. Yeah. Both of their games, they both of their games. They actually, you know, yeah. came back or, 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 you know, the games were close. Yes. Purdue opened up at Oregon state, not the best team in the PAC 12, but still nonetheless a power five team. Um, they've been playing this game. I think you said 85 times, since 1896. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame has won the last five. I think for Notre Dame's luck is going to run out. I think Purdue's going to win this one outright. I would take the money line with Purdue. That's my two cents. But if you want to be, if you want to be cautious, take the points that they're giving you and take the points with Purdue. Yeah. All right. The last game I'm, the last game I'm looking at, this is, this is, I'm going by, I'm going by Anthony's logic here. Just look at the players. Uh, Virginia versus North Carolina. Virginia is, Virginia is visiting North Carolina. And I just, my only point on this game, uh, I think this is an interesting game just because uh, of the, uh, the ramifications for Sam Howell. Uh, if you've been watching him, he, this, this is not, he has not had an impressive start to his Heisman bid and his number one overall draft pick bid. Um, right now he's at just over 500 yards pass. I think he's like around 560 uh, with four touchdowns and three picks. Conversely, Virginia's quarterback, uh, Brendan Armstrong, who is not expected to be a uh, top, a top pick in, in this year's draft, um, has 744 passing yards seven TDs against one INT. So this is, uh, to me, this is an opportunity, you know, Sam Howells needs to get on the board, get on the ball. If he, if he plans on uh, being drafted high in next, in next year's draft, because, you know, nobody's running away with this at this point. Um, and there's no, like, uh, is, is there a Heisman favorite right now, other than, you know, maybe Bryce Young or. Um, oh yeah. The kid from Ohio State. What's his the name? The quarterback from Mississippi State, Matt Corral. You know, Matt him? Corral. That's right. Yes, him too. He's lighting right. it up. Yeah, that Lane Kiffin offense is tearing it up in the SEC. Yeah. So I, I watch for this game. I mean, I, I'm going to watch for this game just to just to see what Sam Howell is all about. Obviously, as a Detroit Lions fan, I'm looking to see what quarterbacks will be available in, in the in the upcoming draft, um, and what mistakes we're liable to make uh, in drafting said quarterbacks. So. Um, watch that game. Uh, UNC is favored by eight. I'm not sure what the over/under is here. Uh, if I, if you're gonna bet this, I bet I would bet UNC. I don't think UVA is gonna um, present much of a challenge for them, uh, especially not defensively. Um, so I would I would bet UNC here, but I'm really watching for the performance of Sam Howell and see if he starts to turn things back around. All right, and I have one more game I'd like to cover, and we will not be covering BYU or Arizona State. That will be on our Patreon if you want to follow us on there. I'll drop the link BYU in the bio. BYU and, hmm? well, I'm just going to say BYU for the win. That's just of course that's you just do. in a post there. Yeah, I didn't know you were a Mormon now, but that's all right. Yeah, hey, I mean, in a Mormon. 
Uh, okay. <laughs> um, Tulsa is going to Ohio State. Ohio State just dropped a big one to Oregon. Um, two things I want to point out about Tulsa. Even though they keep playing teams close, uh, mainly they lost to an FCS team, UC Davis. Then they came within five of beating Oklahoma State. Um, Ohio State is favored by 24 and a half. The over-under is 61. Ohio State may actually score 62 points by themselves in this game. That's how charged up they're going to come out. Um, the leading passer for Tulsa has no touchdown passes. None. That's that's. I don't know if you know this, but that's not a good sign. <laughs> um, definitely not a good sign. Chris Olave may score six touchdowns in this game. Who knows? Ohio State is not going to get run down by Tulsa. I don't care if this is a triple option team. I don't care if they play the same style as Navy and Army. They're not going to do it at a high enough level to stay within the point spread of Ohio State and frustrate them. This defense is going to be running around with the head on fire, knocking dudes down hard. Okay. Um, give me Ohio State. Take the over. Take the minus 24. You could do it in a parlay for one team, one game, and probably win this one. So that's my uh, little nugget at the end for you. All right. Ready to shift over to the NFL? Before we do that, well, it was kind of an NFL type of um, college type of thing. Did you guys hear about Eric Bieniemy? Might be um, one of the coaching candidates for USC. Yes, I like it. If they and want to be get back to prominence, that, that makes sense. That's great. I mean, he can't get enough NFL job. So yeah, go ahead. And USC but is basically a gateway to the NFL because whoever whoever gets fired in the NFC West for coming in third is gonna, <laughs> gonna replace them. Now, just so think if he brings that Kansas City offense over there. Well, honestly, Eric Bieniemy should just wait until they either until the Bears fire Matt Nagy, or which they should the have done the last year. I mean, you know, I'm not saying it's gonna happen, but the fans it should have like, happened. My man, you put him in; he literally runs for a touchdown, and then you're like, "All right, let's go back to Andy Dalton." <laughs> I'm telling you, man, this guy should have been fired a long time ago. He's getting on my nerves. I really didn't like him on this team when you guys got feels. He does not. He, does, he shouldn't be there. He's just trying to save his job. His offensive play calling is the reason why the Bears weren't able to cover. Nothing they tried really worked offensively. Like, What's that? almost nothing, except for the play that he read with Fields. Yes. The, the Obviously, the perfect logic of putting Fields in, you know, having him run it in. You know, put this man, put the man in the game. Let him be the starter already. Yeah, but I'm ready to talk about this NFL football if you all are. Yep, yes, I'm ready. Are. All right. Let's get to it. Week two. <laughs> speaking of week. week two, we were all tied in our best bet, so I can't really brag that much because the Baltimore Ravens really screwed me. San Francisco 49ers decided to sub in the uh, – they decided it was let everybody day play. It's like Little League out there. They're 38 to 10, and it's like, you know what? We don't want to win. But Tennessee disappointed. Philadelphia came through. And my first best bet was it not Tennessee. It was San Francisco. Oh, no, San Francisco barely covered. That's right. They they scared the yeah, hell out of me. I thought they didn't cover, but they barely made it because we got the line early. And we're going to be adjusting with that, so we'll have a little bit closer lines, better lines for you guys. So it'll be closer to accurate is what's actually going to be doing towards kickoff. But being as our podcast comes out on Thursday mornings, I would say if you have the opportunity, get on this Thursday at the latest Friday, because those line moves do make a huge difference when you're putting your bets in. Yep. And for the week. <laughs> and for the week, yeah, exactly. Especially that injury report that gets released. If you can get your bets in before that, that's another little bit of an advantage you can get. And 
for the week, I was seven and nine. Malik was three. Is that, is that correct? Three and 13. Three. Yes. But I would like, I would like to call out that mm. my ratio of, of wins to best bets mm-hmm. was of my three, two of them were my best bets. So guess what? I'm actually, I'm actually doing pretty well there. Whatever my, I don't care what my game picks give me. If my best bets are good, I'm straight. Mm. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, three and, thir- three and 13. I had a horrible week. Uh, good start. I was just, I mean, I'm honestly, I was just being nice. I'm giving you guys a head start. I won last season. I'd like to say I'm giving you guys a head start. Every game that we all agreed on, you know, we lost. We got wrong. Yeah. Jacksonville, Minnesota, Tennessee, Buffalo. Oh, no. We got Denver, Green Bay. New England and Baltimore. Yeah, oh, man. Thank you. Thank, <laughs> thank you. Uh, you know, right now we just like the NFL players right now, the NFL teams right now. They basically still in the preseason. No, no, no. It does kind of feel like that. Everybody was talking about that, but these games actually matter. And yeah. this is why I don't call myself an expert, but um, I do talk about what I see as the advantages and disadvantages. And um, when it comes to the NFL teams and the NFL game, I usually rate the um, lines by whoever is the better defensive team, if that helps anybody out there. So off top, we're going to be starting with the New York football giants at the Washington football team. Next. Washington is um is Washington the underdog here? No. Washington it better be. There's the no Fitzpatrick. No. Yeah. Wait, they're the favorites? Washington's yeah, Washington the, favorite the favorite at minus three and a wow. half points. How, wait, wait, tell me, before you even go into this, mm. how is Washington the favorite where they don't even have a starting quarterback? Did you, watch, did you watch the Giants game? If you watch uh, the Giants game, you know exactly why Washington is the favorite. You know, they should still, you know, eh, nah, no, yeah, no, yeah, I already know no, Giants. Yeah, Giants no. is going to get the first pick anyway, so whatever. Listen, the, <laughs> Danny Dimes puts the ball on the turf more than the uh, Mets – Shortstop right now, okay. <laughs> that man cannot not fumble. Danny Dimes, um, he needs to lose that title. He does not deserve it. Yeah, that's not a compliment. That, that's everyone knows that's not a compliment. If you're a New York quarterback and they give you a nick, you know who never had a nickname? Eli Manning. <laughs> Notice that? Yeah, because he was good. Mm-hmm. If you have a nickname and you're a New York football quarterback, whether you play the <laughs> Jets, if anybody calls you the Sanchez, it's probably not going so well. It's not, it's, it's not a great day. Kind of true. So I'm just I'm just saying, um, give me give me Washington. They have the better pass rush. They have the better defense. They have better corners a little bit. That's where they're a little bit shaky. The Giants might be able to get a couple of points on them there. And I think Antonio Gibson is going to run wild on the Giants. So and they're at home again. Chase Young, Montez Sweat, too much pressure on the line, and pressure is going to make him make mistakes, and he's going to have a couple fumbles. Chase Young might have a defensive TD. So I'm just saying, give me uh, Washington. Um, as for me, give me Washington as well. And also just for fantasy purposes, they got the better quarterback. Look that guy up. Just Google him and add him in for this week. He might be, might get 40 points for you just cause on, <laughs> on there, but definitely give me Washington on this. And I'll actually take the over on this one. They might beat the snot out of the Giants. Over under 40 and a half. I'm still taking the over. Go ahead, Malik. <laughs> oh, I don't want to pick this game. It's three and a half points. So Nobody wants. I, I, I really no don't. I, it's like, I, I don't. I wouldn't play this game honestly because the funny thing is, uh, as bad as the Giants were last year, the two games that they did win were against the Washington Football Team, um, and they didn't. And they didn't have to play Taylor Heineke in any of those games. 
Um, he is the starting quarterback. He is the starting quarterback this week. Um, you know, take that for what it's worth. And so uh, the assumption here is that this is probably going to be a low-scoring game. Uh, the hope is that you know maybe Saquon Barkley gets gets you know unleashed a little bit more, gets a few more opportunities to help to help uh, the Giants identify this ball control offense and keep the ball out of. Daniel Jones hands keeps him keep him from having to drop back 40 times because if he drops back 40 times I think he's like you know you know one fumble every five dropbacks or something like that so you got to keep his dropbacks under 25 and then you can you, you you can average you can get less than uh you know less than two turnovers a game uh from him but in any event uh I think this is a clean sweep for us for taking Washington three and a half honestly speaking the half point is the thing that the thing that scares me most most on this situation because I just feel like this game can easily go 1916 and uh and and we lose so I will take I will take Washington I'll give the three and a half to the Giants because they've showed they have showed nothing yet to to shoot to show us that they're they're ready to uh take over I will say the only thing is uh from a fantasy perspective um I mentioned Saquon as a uh, hopefully he come he comes around, but if he doesn't, Sterling Shepard is a good pick is a good pick to take uh, a good good flex option. Um, he's he's all over the field, still has a good good relationship with um, with Daniel Jones, and honestly, I don't see them. Uh, I don't I don't see him having a great connection right now with Kenny Galladay or uh, or you know, the other receivers on the team. So uh, go ahead and give me. Give me the give me the Washington football team. We'll we'll clean sweep it. All right. You know what's funny though, before you yes. move on, Ace, mm-hmm. what you know your team. You know, of course, it's time to get rid of your quarterback when everybody's talking about a a quarterback that is named after a beer being better than yours. Heineken, oh, come on God. now, that's like a Heineken beer right there. Come on now. But anyway, right. just had to throw that in there. Thank you for the dad joke. I appreciate that. You're welcome. I got the dad. I got the dad gut, so I might as well start with the dad jokes. Anyway, the Washington football team has lost 17 home games, 17 of their last 21. They have never lost 18 of 22 home games. So chances are they're going to win this game. I'm going with them. The Giants have beaten them five times in a row. I don't think it's going to be a sixth. Um, they're just all over the place. So being they, the main reason why the Giants lost the bad last week is because they got held to 60 yards rushing. And the only rushing touchdown was by Daniel Jones, which is never a good time when you have Saquon Barkley. Next up, we got my Chicago Bears hosting the Cincinnati Bengals. Good news is the Bears are at home after getting shellacked on Sunday night. Um, it's kind of a short week for them. And not really because they played on Sunday as opposed to having to play Thursday. But they go from playing a night game to playing a day game in Chicago. And we play kicking this one off at noon. Cincinnati showed a lot of grit against um, at home against Minnesota. Defense stepped up in ways that I didn't expect, and as did the offense, which is not surprising. T. Higgins is a much better wide receiver than I thought he would be right out the gate. And um, Chicago's defense, especially the secondary, kind of disappointed me last week. They look very confused, and they look out of sorts. Considering they've been able to prepare for this game for the past four weeks, it looks like they didn't have too much film, or at least the defense coordinator didn't have them prepared. If... The defensive line isn't healthy for Chicago. I don't know if they'll cover. They could actually win this game by like one or two points. Chicago's favored by two and a half. I want to take them, but I feel very shaky about this pick. This is definitely not a best bet for me, but I'm going to take the Bears at home to win by a field goal. Um, Kicker was actually one of their stronger points. So I'm going to go with the Bears at home to win the field goal. And David Montgomery surprised me running against one of the best run defenses. So 
the very least, you know, they could lean on him and probably grind this one out for a win. Bears, Bears in the under, over under 45. Give me the Bears minus two and a half on this one. Go ahead, Malik. Yeah, uh, the point that you made at the very end of your um, in the end of your evaluation is what resonates with me. It's David Montgomery and what he's done as a runner, not just uh, yes last week against LA, who is who has a really good good overall defense, but David Montgomery's been really good since the begin since the end of last season as well. Uh, he's been been ripping it up, and uh, you know that plays right into what the Bears need and want to do and if they continue to you know uh mix and match between Andy Dalton and uh <clears throat> Justin Fields uh obviously they're they're doing this you know in one way it seems like they're doing it to bring bring Fields along relatively slowly get him some game action um but also to um you know confuse the defense and give them a give them a secondary look um that will prevent them from actually just you know pinning their ears back and going after Dalton who's basically a statue back there um the so I'm gonna I'm gonna take Chicago as well. Um, I, I feel like this is a this is the type of game that they they can get. Although I think this is this is this to me is an interesting one because Cincinnati is no is no pushover. You know, um, expect them to expect them to, to give to give Chicago a good game. Um, and I'm gonna take the under here as well because I actually don't think this game's gonna get into the high score. I don't I don't think that either one of these teams wants to play it at a high at a high clip at a high scoring. If there is one team that does, it's probably Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. um they're gonna want to they're gonna want to air it out they're gonna want to throw they got the receiving talents they got um joe mixon as they're running and they're in their running running game so you know they're gonna want to they're probably gonna want to score and chicago's defense has a step up and play and play hard so um i'm gonna take chicago i'll give the two and a half but uh i don't again don't feel don't feel that good about it and i might wind up changing my pick by the end of the show wow okay well is and- it gonna be a clean sweep here for me i'm no, definitely taking never chicago. Good. Yeah, that's definitely not good. You know who's not good also? Um, Matt Nagy. You know, he should have been fired a long time ago. But I'm going to take Chicago and the under in this, in this one. Nagy, in my opinion, quite Dalton should have been the backup long time ago. Dalton should have been backup long time ago. They're just doing this to confuse teams. Sooner or later, people's going to catch up to this. There's only so far you can go with this. But as far as for now, they're lucky that they're not playing Cincinnati down the road. They're lucky it wasn't playing Cincinnati in week six. But right now, we we'll definitely take the under on this one, and it's definitely not good. We haven't picked any other t- separate teams yet, and it's kind of scare- scaring me right now. All right. Well, we're definitely going to be picking some different teams now. Um, and you're going to be going first in this next one as you follow the AFC East, or the AFC least, as I like to call it, being as all the teams are 0-1. <laughs> um, actually, that's not true. Miami is 1-0. Yeah, Miami's undefeated. Buffalo at Miami, the undefeated uh, Dolphins looking to stay in the lead in the division. Two big division games to open up the season, hosting the Bills and Josh Allen. Who's going to take it? The Buffalo, the Bills Mafia are favored by three and a half on the road. Home dogs. Yeah, home dogs with the Miami Dolphins. Who do you got, Ant? Well, this is, this is a scary game. I don't even want to play. I don't even want to bet on either one of them because Buffalo came out rusty last week against Pittsburgh. But, um... And actually, you know what? I'm going to give props to Tua as well because I've been dogging them ever since last year, whatever. Tua is actually fitting perfectly into this Miami system, even though they keep talking about all these options on the Watson, Watson on these other players outside like there, like that. But Tua actually fits perfectly fine with Miami. I'm actually going to take Miami in this one. This one, this, I'm, I'm sorry to say, but Buffalo is going to be a good team down the road. Buffalo is definitely going to be in the playoffs. Buffalo might even be in the mix for the AFC championship game. But right now, 
every every team is still in preseason mode, it feels like. So, and I'm thinking this is where Miami is still taking advantage of this because they, they coaches are very good. They came from the New England system and they actually got these got these guys in in tip top shape and quite focused on this. I got Miami winning this in the under. Go ahead, Malik. Yeah, I I actually really don't like this game either. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Buffalo here. Um, uh, again, Buffalo has to you know wake up out of their funk at some point in time. That that game against that game against Pitt. If you watched, I went back and watched the game. Um, you know, watched the condensed version of the game on Game Pass. Um, if you watch that game all the way through, Pitt, uh, Pittsburgh didn't really outplay Buffalo all that much. They made a couple more, a couple better plays, a couple more plays than, than the Bills did. And Josh Allen was surprisingly inaccurate and not a, you know, he did not play up to the ability that he showed last season. So if you expect Buffalo to, you know, rebound and be the type of team that, that, that they were expected to be, this is the team, this is the game that they have to win. It's the game that they have to win because it's a division game. It's the game that they have to win because it's in, it's in their conference. And if they don't, if they don't mess, if they don't mess around, you know, Miami's going to be there at the end. You already, you already know Miami's going to be in the mix at the end of the season for a wild card spot uh, for potential, you know, division, uh, division, division crown or something along those lines. They're, Miami is expected to be at the very least the second the second best team, if not the third best team in the division. Uh, so this is a game that Buffalo has to win. Uh, three and a half points uh, on the road means that Vegas thinks that this team is, that, that Buffalo should be six points better than Miami because you get you get three just by virtue of being at home. And so the fact that they're a three and a half point favorite means that they, people still think that Buffalo is six points better than the Dolphins. I don't think that that's, the, that's true. I think Miami is going to play up to, the, up to their ability. And so for the point spread, I'll take Miami, but I think Buffalo is going to win the game. Give me Miami at home with the points. I like this home dog. Miami showed me one thing. They have a second-year quarterback. They have a real running back in Miles Garrett. I'm Miles Garrett. Good Lord. Gaskin. In Miles Gaskin. Too many Miles, too many Gaskins, too many G names. Give me Miles Gaskin. Um, their wide receivers are still better than uh, I kind of expect. Devontae Parker. Much better than I thought it was going to be. The Bills are very one-dimensional. And if you're not going to use your running backs enough just to give Josh Allen a break and change pace, I don't understand why the, what's the point of having Devin Singletary and Zach Moss on the field. Um, if they're going to, if their quarterback is going to out-snap them in terms of rushing attempts, why are they on the team? Why are you spending first and second round picks on them? So if the Bills are going to choose to be one-dimensional again, Miami's going to use that to their advantage. I think Miami wins and they cover. Give me Miami plus three and a half. Clean sweep again. Even, Wait, even, Ant, didn't you take the know. Bills? No, I didn't take the Bills. Malik did. No, I said the Bills would win. I took Miami to cover. Oh, okay. Yeah. Next Wait, up, we me. have. Go ahead, Ant. No, no. Before you go, I was just gonna say, for fantasy purposes, look out for Jalen Waddle. He's been making some noise the last game. I think he's gonna actually pick up on that. This guy is scary and scary on this team. Very fast. Very fast out the gate. Fits red in. And having played with him in uh, Alabama, I think they have a little bit of cohesion. So the, all those practice reps they had in college coming into the pros and having a full camp to get it together, I think it'll be effective. The Bills' corners are good, but we'll see. Um, Houston at Cleveland. Cleveland is favored by 12 and a half, even though Houston beat Jacksonville. And Next. even though they beat Jacksonville at home, and by a lot, too. It wasn't even a close game. Easily beat them by about 14 when Jacksonville was favored. Tyrod Taylor surprised me. 
Um, I think Cleveland's going to win. I don't know if they're going to beat them this badly, but I do believe Cleveland's going to win. Give me Houston to cover. I believe Houston can cover this game. Take the over. Actually, take no, take the under. Houston's going to cover this game. Twelve and a half points is too much. Cleveland's good, but they're not that good. Cleveland beats them by 10. So give me Houston. Go ahead, Malik. Yeah, so this is going to be the first one where we differ. Uh, I think Cleveland is, you know, Cleveland is a much better team than both they showed on Sunday in giving up the um, the comeback to the Kansas City Chiefs and much better than Houston is uh, just overall as a team, as a unit. Um, so I'm going to take Cleveland and I'm going to expect that Cleveland's defense gets 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 to Tyrod Taylor, uh, gets through that off of that Houston offensive line, gets to Tyrod Taylor, and a healthy dosage of uh, uh, Chubb and uh, what's the man's name? <laughs> um, who's the other running back? I can't remember his name. Always forget his name. Kareem Hunt. Um, yeah, Kareem Hunt. Yeah, Chubb uh-huh. and Hunt. Um, yeah, a healthy dosage of those two. The only thing that gives me a little bit of pause here, um, even though he hasn't played much thus far, uh, is Odell Beckham Jr. is out again uh, this week. Uh, he won't be suiting up. Uh, I guess he's still dealing with the uh, recovery from his ACL surgery uh, you know, last uh, last season. Last season, so he won't be out there. Um, but I don't think it's going to be much of a difference. It's, this team has played without him for pretty much you know the, the better part of last season and and pretty much all of the game one. Um, I expect them to control the, control the ball, control, control the clock, uh, control field position and take this game by at least 13 points. Uh, if not, uh, you know, two scores, I expect a two score win here. So I'm going to take Cleveland. I'll give the 12 and a half and I'll play the, uh, I'll play the under here. Cause I think that Houston is just not going to score. I think Houston's going to have a tough, tough time scoring against them. So, uh, this will be the first, the first game where you and I differ ace, uh, you right. take Houston. I'll take Cleveland. Go ahead. Ant. Well, I'm going to actually take Cleveland as well. I'm taking Cleveland in the under. People sleeping on Houston, they think they're just a, a team that just everybody can run over, but they actually got a lot of vets on that team. Quite, and they actually can actually maybe pull up an upset on one of the teams or the other. But I still have Cleveland going all the way to the, um, at least to the AFC Championship game. So it's definitely going to be a battle in this one, but I'm definitely going to take Cleveland and the under in this one. Ace, did you take the over or the under on the Cleveland-Houston game? I took the under. So right now, over under all, is 48 Yeah, points. right now we're, we're all at unders. Great. Except uh, except for Ant, who took the over on Giants-Washington. All right. Oh, before we move on, this is going to be – I'm going to mark this as one of my um, games of the week. I mean, we'll say locks of the week. All right. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Next up, we have the New England Patriots at the New Jersey Jets. New England is favored by six points. Ant is our resident hey. Jets fan. Please go ahead and take this one. Wow, the disrespect on this one. But anyway, it's gonna be it's gonna be a battle of two rookies here. We're gonna have quite Zach Wilson's versus the Lego Man, um, Mac Mac Jones, Mac and Cheese, whatever they want to call him. It's gonna be a good battle. It quite. I'm gonna have to. Unfortunately, I'm gonna have to pick the Jets to lose. Both of these teams are quite coming in losses. The only reason I'm picking the Jets to lose is because Bill Belichick has not. Lost to a quite has not quite lost to a rookie quarterback yet. It's going to be kind of hard to quite go against that. And he does have a good defense on New England on, on his side. And also, they should have actually beaten Miami that last, last week. And I don't think they're going to make that same mistake twice. So give me New England here and give me the under in this. 
Okay, I'm going to go next. Uh, I'm taking the Patriots, kind of minus six on the road, even though I like home dogs. The, they are 19-3 and three against the Jets since 2010, and they're on a 10-game winning streak versus the Jets, their longest active streak against any single opponent. Um, Zach Wilson threw a pick. Mac Jones didn't. He played a better defense last week. The Jets' defense is not getting any healthier. The Jets don't have a running game, which is not going to help him at all. Um, I think the I think Mac Jones is going to find it easier passing lanes in this game. So that's why I'm just leaning on New England. I think the defense and him not being very, you know, taking a lot of chances with the ball is really going to help them. So give me New England minus six. And we're going to take the under on this one at 42 and a half. Go ahead, Malik. Anthony, I cannot believe you. I want the Jets. <laughs> Look, I mean, the Jets, the Jets showed me something last week. You know, they played against the Carolina team where, I mean, honestly speaking, you know, when, when that game, the out, at the outset of that game, the way that game looked early on, they could have easily just packed it all in and, and said, you know what, we'll play for next week. And they didn't. You know, they played hard. They made a comeback. Um, got that game to within five points. And I would say that the Carolina offense, even with Sam Darnold, even with, you know, uh, even, even with, you know, just uh, you know, that, that squad is more explosive than what we saw from New England. And New England, despite the fact that, you know, they probably should have won, they were Damian Harris fumble away from, you know, basically winning that game uh, with a field goal late or a touchdown. Um, New England should win the game. But I think the Jets can keep it close. I think, you know, I'm going to trust that Robert Sala is, is, you know, can come up with a game plan that keeps this game close. I also just don't think that New England is, is an is a offensive juggernaut at the, point, at the point of, you know, pushing the score out, out six and a half, seven points. I still think that, you know, New England, sh- New England should win the game and New England, sh- New England, I believe New England will win the game. But I think all of New England's games are going to play, play relatively close, especially if um, they don't have the explosiveness on the outside. Uh, the way that they, way that, you know, the way that they have, you know, in, in the Brady days, you know, in, in the, the Brady glory era, uh, which is, this is not, um, they're still, you know, lacking uh, top end receiving talent on this, on this squad. Um, they play a ball control offense, run the football, get their tight ends involved, give Mac Jones the opportunity to, you know, not dink and dunk, but he doesn't take a lot of deep, deep shots down the field. Uh, and they just don't have the receivers to take a lot of deep shots down the field. So I expect this game to I expect this game to to trend towards the low scoring low scoring affair. And because of that, I'll take the Jets and the under. Don't don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. The only reason I'm taking New England is because the Jets' offensive line is kind of banged up right now, and they're basically making doing a makeshift right now. You got that, and plus you got the Jets is the youngest team in the NFL, and their defense is actually, especially on cornerbacks, are basically relatively young. Got rookies and um second first and second year players in there. It's in never Salah, a good sign when your offensive line is uh banged up, as we saw in the Super Bowl. Trust in Salah. As far as for me, the fan of me is gonna say the Jets gonna blow blow them out. But anyway. I'm glad you're speaking with your mind and not your heart. Yes. Uh Denver at Jacksonville. Jacksonville is at home. They're home underdogs, getting six points. I would like to pick them, but Trevor Lawrence made so many mistakes last week that I just don't have any faith that they can keep in a game. Denver has a very good run defense, as they shown last week, holding Saquon Barkley to 60 yards or even less than that on a couple of 26. drives, even though he was on a pitch count. Hmm? 20, he was 10 for 26. He had 26 yards on 10 carries. Thank you. 10 for 26. He's a much better running back than James Robinson, considering both of them are healthy. 
um, Teddy Bridgewater showed that he can operate this offense and he is healthy enough to get the ball out. Although they're going to be missing uh, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamlin should step in into the slot pretty well for them. Give me Denver, Jacksonville at home and the over, over under 45. Give me Denver minus, give me Denver on the road minus six. Go ahead, Ant. Well, people um, kind of discount Denver a lot, in my opinion, just because Teddy Bridgewater is there. But just like your background that it shows, you know, the Jaguars looking over at Justin Fields, that's the backgrounds are really looking at Teddy Bridgewater. Give me, give me the Denver, give me the Broncos on this one. Give me the over on this one. I don't think, unfortunately, Coach Trevor Lawrence is in the wrong. To, uh, to me, he's on the wrong team, the wrong situation. Sooner or later, Urban Meyer is going to dump him. And, you know, the, whoever's the next quarter, um, coach that comes in is going to have to build him back up and build his Jaguars team back up. But as for now, definitely give me Denver and give me the over in this one. And this is going to be one of my my first uh, best bets. Go ahead, yeah. Luke. Yeah, I was going with that as well. Uh, it's another clean sweep for us. This, these are two really uh, – I mean, Denver's, Denver's got an easy slate to start the season, you know, uh, and especially two road games. You know, they, they're on the road for both their first, their first two games of the season before they even have to go at home. Um, and they get the Giants and the Jaguars. Um, the Jags looked absolutely horrendous against Houston last week. Um, yeah, uh, Trevor Lawrence threw three touchdowns. We also threw three picks. Um, and James Robinson looks like he still looks like the same serviceable running back that he's that he's always been. Um, but he's not. But he doesn't have the same explosion. He's not. He's nowhere near the, the player that you know kind of blew up a little bit uh, from a fantasy perspective last season. Um, and so you completely understand why they wanted they, they you know they're just missing lacking that that explosive talent lacking explosive talent on the outside. I still think Lavisca Chenault is probably your best overall play just because of the way that they move him around the offense uh, on the fan from a fantasy perspective. But I don't see how you can trust the Jacksonville Jaguars right now. I mean, you they, they were they were we I think we even mentioned last week is they were favored against Houston and it was probably going to be the only game that they were favored in the entire season until they played Houston again. Now that they've beat, now that Houston beat the snot out of them, I don't even think they're going to be favored in that game, even though that game will be at home for Jacksonville, unless they start playing much better. So let's go ahead and take Denver. Let's, let's, let's roll. The other piece is Teddy Bridgewater doesn't make mistakes. I mean, he runs the offense effectively, runs it efficiently. He's not going to make mistakes. And this line uh, being at six, probably exactly what it's going to be. It's probably going to be six, six and a half or seven points, something along those lines. So I'm going to go ahead and take Denver clean sweep and I'll take the, uh, I will take the under though. Because uh, I just don't feel like Jacksonville's going to be able to. Well, actually, no. You know, I'll, I'll play the over as well. I, I think Jacksonville will be able to score some points. Uh, both sides will be able to score a little bit. All right. Next up, we have San Francisco 49ers at the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles showed up, showed out last week down in Atlanta, dropping 30 plus points on them. Signed a surprise on a couple people, but not me because I had them. This is going to be my second best bet of the week. Give me Philadelphia at home, getting three and a half. I can't believe that they're getting three and a half. I would jump on the early because I think a lot of people are going to bet that game. I think Philly is going to play better at home. Whatever team comes east to west, it always affects them. San Francisco gave up a bunch of points to the Lions, and I know they took out their starters in the fourth quarter, but um, Jalen Hurts is a mobile quarterback. San Francisco lost a couple of their running backs. Philadelphia's defense is not awful. Philadelphia's defense is much better than I thought it was going to be. Give me the birds plus three and a half at home, and I'll take the over. It's going to be over 50. Expect another high-scoring game out of this one. Go ahead, Ant. 
Well, also, well, for me, give me 49ers on this one. I got them winning this. But put some respect on the Eagles. They got a good – they actually had their quarterback. They actually have a good receiver core now. They actually have a good team. But give me 49ers. Still, I'm still taking them, even though they go, they are going from West Coast to East Coast and stuff like that. I still believe in this team. They believe they have. They definitely have a um. They definitely have have a quite a team built right on both sides. So I can actually still see them winning, especially against a rookie head coach. So give me the 49ers, and I'm going to take the um under no over in this one. All right, Malik. Uh, give me Philly uh, at home, um, playing you know at home and getting points. Um, I think that's this is the best best case scenario. The other thing here is uh, obviously um, Raheem Mostert is out for the season. Um, and so the 49ers will be starting uh, Elijah Mitchell, I believe is his first, I believe is his name. Um, correct. Yeah. So yes, he so stole this, it from me in fantasy. This is a sixth round. This is a sixth round uh, draft pick who, you know, I know, I know in fantasy, the, the tendency is to, you know, jump all over the, you know, the backup running back once they become available. Uh, and you know that they're going to get all the all the opportunities and all the chances. But Philly's got a pretty good run defense, and they they you know were able to hold down Mike Davis and the Atlanta Falcons last week on the road. I expect them to do pretty much the same uh, and make it a very very difficult game for Jimmy Garoppolo and uh, and and the 49ers to to take advantage of. Uh, I think this is going to be a defensive matchup all the way through, um, and so I would expect this game to hit the under. So, I'm, but I'm going to take Philly to. Um, I'll take Philly with the points. I'll take I'll take a, a home dog pretty much any time. So I'll take Philly and I'll take the under on this one. Thanks. Hey, see, right. I had to be the villain this one. I had to be the villain. You don't got to be the villain. You just got to be wrong. No, if- I, I'm just I just didn't want to keep going. Go. I just didn't want to keep picking with y'all. I want to pick Philly, but you know I had to be the villain in this one. Got to change well, it up. You, you picked Philly before I got. You picked San Francisco before you got. I got a chance to pick. So you weren't That's being true. a villain. You were just no, making already, your pick. It's perfectly fine. You didn't know already, I was gonna pick Philly. I already knew that you was going to pick Philly. Come on now. That was a natural uh, type of thing. But anyway, okay. I'm going to be right. the villain in this one, and hopefully I'll get some points and catch up and pass A's. Next up, we got the L.A. Rams at the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts did not have a great game last week, and they did not win against Seattle. And I don't see it going too much different this week against the Rams. They were able to get a lot done on the ground, and I think Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Himes give them a bit of an advantage. The Colts are getting four points at home. The over-under is 47 and a half. I'm going to go quick on this one. I'm going to take the Colts at home, getting the four points. I like home underdogs, and I think they can do just enough to keep this close. Their offense coordinator knows how to use his quarterback, and he knows how to use this team. And they have a much better offensive line than Chicago did, and actually a better linebacking core in terms of being able to cover the pass and the run. Chicago's more just of a good pass rush team right now, it appears. So I'm going to take the Colts at home with the points. Go ahead, Malik. You're taking the Colts at home, rolling. I'm rolling with my man, Matt Stafford again, and I'm going to take the, uh, actually the Colts. So the Colts are the dog here or the Colts are the Colts are the favorite. Wait, the Colts are the favorite at home. The Colts are minus four. No, Colts aren't the favorite. No. The Colts are the dog. The Rams, the Rams are, are yeah. the Rams are giving four. All right. So yeah, the Rams I'm are taking the Colts the Rams, plus four. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take the, I'm going to take the Rams. I'm going to give the four. Look, the Rams, the Rams haven't showed, have shown that uh, you know they're they're for real, uh, and I think until the Rams get it get against a team that it that matches what they can do offensively and matches matches what you know what they what they can bring to the table, I'm not picking against them yet. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold with the Rams. Their defense is top notch. It's one of the better defenses in the, in the league. 
Indianapolis doesn't have great receivers on the outside. So uh, that this Joker style of uh, defense that that uh, the Rams have Jalen Ramsey playing right now has him basically, you know, doing a little bit of everything, playing a little bit of safety, a little bit of linebacker, a little bit of corner on the outside. He's all over the field making big time plays. Um, Aaron Donald did not have a great game, but he had an impactful game against the against the Bears. Um, I think you, you're right, Ace. Indianapolis does have a better offensive line than the Bears do, and so they sh- I should expect we should expect a little bit more, uh, a little bit more from the running game and Jonathan Taylor than we than we got from from the Bears. Um, and that said, the Bears, like we mentioned before, David Montgomery was actually pretty good. So let's let's I'll, I'll stick I'll stick with that, but I'm going to go with the Rams and cover covering the four. Uh, so I'll take the Rams and the over on this one. Go ahead, Ant. Well, I said last week, and I'll, I'm, sooner or later I'm going to get you to agree to this, Malik. Um, Matthew Stafford is going to be um, MVP. I've already I've already had him on my MVP my MVP you know uh, list. Ain't so no I'm, way I'm, that's going. No, there's happen. no MVP list. There's Matthew Stafford and then there's no everybody. Was legal in Texas, man. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> there's Matthew Stafford and then there's everybody else. There's no list on my end. Matthew Stafford is going to take this team into the Super Bowl, in my opinion. And as for this game, give me the Rams in the over on this one. They're gonna. They're just gonna go start. Slaughterhouses, a lot of teams here. I can see them going straight to the Super Bowl, right into Matthew Stafford coattail. This is how it should be. This is how the Rams should be. The Rams are a dangerous team. Give me the Rams and the over in this one. All right, Every single week it might, it might be. But anyway, for this week, this is going to be my lock of the week. Next up, we have the Raiders at the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Raiders are getting five and a half on the road. The over-under for this game is 47. I'm going to take the Raiders getting five and a half on the road. Being as they surprised and did what they did against Baltimore, I will not be shocked if they can cover in this game. I don't know if they can win, but the way Pittsburgh played against Buffalo's defense is kind of is not as surprising as how good the Raiders' pass rush, pass rush was against Lamar Jackson and getting him to make some uncharacteristic mistakes. Ben Roethlisberger looks completely washed to me. He is 39 years old. We were in college together, and I have no faith that this – win streak will continue therefore every week i will be picking against him in spite of what they might do as a team so i will be taking the raiders and the over give me the five and a half points i'm taking the raiders go ahead malik yeah i'm rolling with Pitt here um like i said before Pitt made a made some made some good plays in that in that game against buffalo if you think buffalo is is better than 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 vegas then you should roll with Pitt. Uh, and I think Buffalo is better than Vegas. And I think Pitt's going to gonna roll at home. Look, their defense is actually pretty good. Um, so they should be able to, to, to make some stops, to get some stops against, uh, against, the, against the Raiders. We already know Josh Jacobs is, uh, you know, is not 100% healthy at this point. Um, and so Pittsburgh really has, to, really has to contend with what, what, uh, what Vegas is bringing with Darren Waller. If they can stop Darren Waller, I think they can, they can handle this game. And I expect Najee Harris to have a much better game uh, in his home debut than he had in the game against Buffalo. So I'm going to take Pitt. I'll give the five and a half and I'll play the over as well. All right. Go ahead, Ant. All right. I'm taking, I'm taking Pitt, but I'm taking Pitt in the under in this one. Um, you can't go, you can't go, go wrong picking up a Mike Tomlin coach team. As for Ben Rosberger, Ace, you know, I know you're, you're kind of against him, calling him, you know, this, that, the other need to retire, whatever. But did he actually play well last week? Or did the Bills play bad? Well, yeah, but still, I'm oh, going, okay. Thank you, thank you. I'm still going with. I'm still going to go with Pitt here. To me, this is like, oh, quite 
like a stages of growing up. Ben Rosberger first came in the league. He was a rookie, whatever. The team carried him. Then he got better. Then he carried the team. And now it's back to again. The team is going to be carrying him. But give me, give me your own pit. Give me pit and give me the under on this one. Hmm? You're talking, but we can't hear you, Ace. You're on mute. Oh, there I go. I'm going to have to edit that one out. Or maybe not. Fuck it. I'll keep it in. Next up, we got New Orleans at the Carolina Panthers. New Orleans surprised with the most efficient game in the history of Jameis Winston's career, blowing out Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers in home game in Jacksonville. Until they get that, uh, until they get New Orleans right, prayers up for them. Everybody down there dealing with the remnants of Hurricane Ida and all the flooding down there, and everybody in North Jersey as well in New York, in the Northeast. Um, I'm going to be taking the New Orleans Saints. Jameis Winston showed how good he can be. Kamara didn't even have to do too much. And in this game, he will. It's going to be a show of offenses. Give me the over and give me New Orleans. And I will lay the three and a half to Carolina. Um, Sam Darnold showed he can play. DJ Moore was good. But that New Orleans defense was a lot better than I expected. And if they can do that to Aaron Rodgers, they can do that to anybody. Give me New Orleans. I'll lay the points. This is going to be my second best bet. Go ahead, Malik. Sam Donald ain't show shit. Okay. Sam Donald ain't show Thank shit. Thank you. He threw and that 68 yard bomb to Robbie Anderson. He didn't show uh, shit. Against, against, against Red Wine. He was against the youngest defense in the NFL. This is not the youngest defense in the NFL. This is the New Orleans Saints that held the Green Bay Packers. You can only play three, who they put in front three, of you. To three points on a neutral, on a neutral field. Hey, I expect them to beat, one who just walked in. He was a third stringer. Come on now. I expect them to beat the breaks off off of the Panthers. Um, you know, I know this is putting a lot of faith and a lot of trust in a guy in, in Jameis Winston, who's never been one to uh, to maximize the, the, the level of faith that I've placed in him. But honestly, I don't think this is this is much of a place of faith. You know, even though this is a divisional matchup, I expect New Orleans to win this game uh, to keep pace with Tampa Bay. So I'm going to take New Orleans. Give the three and a half. And this is my best. This is this is another best bet for me. This is my second best bet of the week. Go ahead, Anthony. Carolina is at home and the Saints are going to march in. Sam Donald's trash. Don't even talk about how good he was. All he did is just dumped it over the 22. And as far as for that touchdown he did, he did it against a rookie named Redwine. Salty Redwine. Much. A, a third string of red wine. And that's the only type of deep play that he actually did throughout the whole game when red wine came into the game. As far as for everything else, everything was to 22, and that was it. Sam Donald's going to get exposed in this game. The court Saints going to march in. Give me the Saints and the over and the over again. Wow. And that's wow. my lock of the week. I hear a lot of hate. I hear a lot of hate in that voice. A lot of salt. There's, there's a lot no of salt hate. to that pick. There ain't no hate. It's just going to be <laughs> realism going to get going to get it. It's going to be, it's gonna be some right. get woken up. We have the first of our four afternoon games. We got the Minnesota Vikings at the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals are giving three and a half points at home. Minnesota played a very good offensive game and a pretty poor defensive game. Um, I do not expect Arizona to win this game again. I'm going to be taking Minnesota on the road, getting a three and a half. I know most people might be going the other way and give me the over. I think it's going to be pretty high scoring. Expect Cook to play a lot better than he did last week. Expect Arizona's running backs to play a lot worse. Um, Minnesota's defense is not that bad. They have a much better pass rush. Chandler Jones is not going to be able to just run freely at the quarterback. Kirk Cousins is very experienced and has been in this offense for a while, so don't expect him to panic too much. And I'm going to take Minnesota and the points. They're getting three and a half on the road, so give me them. Go ahead, Malik. 
yeah, I'll take the home. I'll take the home team here. I'll take Arizona. I'll give the points. Uh, Arizona is uh, to me, Arizona, Arizona feels like a, you know, beginning of the season type of team where you're going to see the best of them at the beginning of the year. And then as things get a little bit tighter, you're going to see them, you know, start to start to crumble a little bit. I think they catch a Minnesota at a great time and uh, you know, going home, going home after that, that victory against uh, Tennessee on the road uh, is, is going to be, is going to be great for them. Um, I'm expecting a lot of, a, a lot of, uh, production out of Kyler Murray, uh, Deandre Hopkins. Hey, even maybe, maybe even AJ green gets a couple of catches. Uh, you know, he, he didn't get, he didn't get a lot of targets last week. Um, and the combination of chase Edmonds and James Connor in the backfield should, should be, you know, more than enough, uh, for them to hold down, hold down the fort. Uh, I don't trust Kirk cousins, never have, never will. Uh, and so I'm not going to trust him to do anything yet here. Minnesota's people, people are, were, were, you know, you know, high on Minnesota going into this, going into the season. And I'm not really sure why. I mean, they, they, they look, they look pretty much the same as they've always looked. I think they'll be able to score. So I'm going to take the over on this one. Um, but uh, I think Arizona is going to, Arizona is definitely good enough to hold things down. So give me Arizona and I'll take the, I'll take the over. All right. And who do you got? You're on mute. Give me Arizona as well. Give me Arizona under. I don't like Kirk Cousin. Um, what was that saying that he said a couple of years ago when he was in um Washington? You like that or whatever? You like you like that. Yeah, you like, you like that? that, Kirk Cousins? Because you, you trash. Like you you like that because you trash. Give me Arizona the under. Actually, you know what? Give me Arizona the over in this one. That's how much trash he is. Wow. All right. Next up, we have Atlanta visiting the Super Bowl champion, Tampa, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buccaneers are favored by 12 and a half at home. And this is the biggest money line favorite outside of Cleveland. They are minus 720 on the money line, which means everyone, they are overwhelmingly prohibitive favorite. And even with all that said, I'm going to be taking Tampa Bay minus 12 and a half against Atlanta. Atlanta showed how incapable they were of getting a lot of things done. They have a new head coach and he does not seem to have them organized. And it's a rebuilding job. As Daryl Johnson said multiple times last week, watching him play against um watching i forgot who they played against oh watching them play against philly last philly. week a really surprised so i expect tampa to not let up they're gonna roll in this one this could be a 20 30 point victory um especially with that pass rush although i believe somebody on the defensive line got hurt right was it sue or somebody who came out a little bit later in the game um i don't think that's gonna affect them too much huh i don't think it was sue no well levante david is healthy jpp is healthy Tampa Bay is going to roll. Gronkowski might have three touchdowns in this one. Give me Tampa minus the 12 and a half, my third lock of the week. Go ahead, Ant. Yeah, give me Tampa as well on this one. This is this is a quite perfect example of a more experienced team, Super Bowl uh, champions, better coach versus a rookie coach and a rebuilding team. Come on now. This is this is an easy, this should be an easy sweep here, but I'm going to take Tampa and give me the over in this one. They're going to slaughterhouse them. I got all my players for Tampa. In in the starting lineup right now. So if you're gonna put Gronk, put Gronk in there, go put Brown in there, put Brown, put Tom Brady, put the kicker, put the punter. If you have punter on your fantasy team, whatever. But give me Tampa and give me the over in this one. Yeah, it's a clean sweep here. Take Tampa, it'll take Tampa as well. Um, the interesting thing here is uh clearly Tampa Bay is, is Tampa Bay is gonna I feel like they're gonna jump out on on Atlanta pretty early and make make it very difficult for Atlanta to come back. The thing about Atlanta is that, you know, now not having Julio Jones, um, 
and not having explosion. The, the problem is they, they don't have explosive plays on the outside right now. They're not showing any explosive, ex, any explosive plays on the outside. And I don't think you, you get right by playing against Tampa Bay and the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl defending Super Bowl champions. Uh, if you couldn't get right against Philadelphia at home, you're definitely not getting right against Tampa Bay. So uh, 12 and a half, I think, is, I think is, is a modest number to give. But I can easily see this going 14, even 14 easily. So I would say for anybody betting this, if you're betting Tampa Bay, get in on them now because it probably hits 14. And uh, that's that's what I predict the 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 Bucks win by anyway. So I'm going to take Tampa and the over on this one. And Ace, did you give your over under on this one? Oh, I'm taking the over. All right. It's going to so be a lot Tampa. to a little. We're all Tampa and the over here. Oh, yeah. Lock me in this one too as well. All right. Yeah, next I, I, up. Because of the points, I'm uh, because of the points, I'm shading away from this being my best bet. All right. So next up, I am taking. We have Tennessee at the Seattle Seahawks, who rolled last week, and were my best were my best pick last week, honestly, against Indianapolis. They're going home for their home opener in Seattle, which is a very tough place to play. Tennessee got rolled by Arizona in Nashville, which was kind of a surprise to me. The running game was very surprising. Um, I can't see that happening two weeks in a row, but I also don't see Seattle losing. Uh, Julio Jones kind of disappointed in his first uh, game there. Tannehill played pretty poorly, but I think he's going to regroup and he's going to have a much better game. That being said, Seattle's still going to win on the points. I'll lay the five and a half. Give me Seattle. This is going to be my fourth best bet of the week. If it's not my third already. What's my fifth? Yep, this is going to be my fifth. fifth best bet of the week. It's going to be my fifth best bet of the week, and I will take Seattle to cover at home. Yo, Ace, I was yes. wondering, is this, Seattle, is this Seattle's um, home opener? It is yeah. Seattle's home opener. Okay. I'm going to have to – if you was going to pick Malik, I do apologize, but I'm going to have to skip him <laughs> on this. No, I'll give me, pick you. Okay, good. Give me Seattle in the opener. Come on, this is the return of the 12th man. This is the return of the 12th man. Give me Seattle in this one. Come on, you got to have fans packed. You've seen every single game. Games are packed. Now just think about Seattle and their 12th man pack yeah. that stadium pack. It's over. It's over. Give me Seattle in this one. Give me Seattle in the over in this one. They're gonna right. they're gonna stomp them, put a mud hole in it. And that's gonna be a lock of the week as well. How many have I did so far on this? This is your fifth Five. as well. Go okay, so that's it. Yeah, this is another sweep for us. Uh Seattle, Seattle took took care of business against Indianapolis. I thought Indy, I thought Indy would would played a little bit closer. I didn't think they win, but I thought they would play a little bit closer and and, and get into the points. I mean, I'm just just surprised and shocked at how poorly Tennessee played last week. Like I really expected them to play play a better game, especially at home. Um, if you can't play against uh, Kyler Murray and that and that offense, um, and you you can't you know muster up enough points, and you're letting Chandler Jones get five sacks on you, what do you expect to do against? Uh, against Seattle, against Russell Wilson, against the offense that that they can put up on the board, and and frankly against the defense that takes advantage of the twelfth man that that Anthony was just talking about. Like this is just I can't see how this game gets doesn't get out of hand. Um, and Derrick Henry uh, is the only thing that I can see is Derrick Henry potentially having a, having a good game and, and being able to keep it close enough to to cover the five and a half. But I wouldn't I wouldn't bet it. Um, so I'm going to take Seattle, and this will be my third best bet of the week. All right. Next up, we have Dallas. Cowboys at the LA Chargers. So it's going to be a home game for Dallas, who has their preseason and their camp out in LA for a little bit for the past, I think, 30, 40 years. The Cowboys are giving three and a half, three points to the Chargers, 
who happened to get a victory on the road is the Chargers home opener. I have Justin Herbert on my fantasy team, and I may have to think about benching him. The Cowboys played amazing on Thursday against Tampa. Zach Prescott was healthy. Ezekiel Elliott didn't even try to run because they said, you know, what we need to do, we just need to throw. And I think they're going to be able to throw on this team as well. Give me Dallas on the road, minus three. And I'm going to take the under because I don't believe the Chargers offense is as put together as they should be. They only were able to score 20 points against the Washington team on the road and at home against Dallas, who was a pretty good defensive team, even though they gave up all those points to Tampa. I think they will get it better. And it had a couple of turnovers in that game. Give me Dallas on the road. And if I had another best bet, I would probably take Dallas. Dallas on the road, minus three. Go ahead, Ant. Okay. So Demarcus Lawrence is supposed to be out indefinitely, but um, as far as this game is concerned, yes, he was good. he's a big piece there. But I think Dallas can quite scheme around this. If there was, and as in my opinion, also if um there was actually for my personal list, if there was anybody besides Matthew Stafford as far as being MVP, I'll put Dak Prescott up in there. He's actually looks like he was doing good last game. If he keep 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 it up. I can see him doing, getting a quite being in the consideration for everybody else's MVP um, status with Matthew Stafford. But give me Dallas in this one. I'm going to take Dallas to win this, and I'm going to take Dallas in the under this. All right, Malik, go ahead. Um, just a quick correction for you, Ace. Dallas is actually the underdog in this game. They're actually getting points. They're getting two and a half. Well, they're getting are you serious. They're getting, yeah, they are. They're getting three from from the Chargers in this game. Oh, they're, I'm they're sorry. Still, just... They're still a dog. So you were taking on were, the road. Yeah, you were taking them with you were taking them <laughs> giving mm-hmm. points. So yeah. I know that means you're taking them getting points. Okay, and that's so what strongly I'm as I feel about this, this this is probably gonna get bet down to what one and a half. Yeah. So get Dallas now yeah. getting three points for free. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, this is that's that's the primary reason why because I think the Chargers can win this game. I don't I don't think the Chargers are, are incapable of winning this game. Um, but I expect Dallas, I expect Dallas to win this on the money line. I would actually take Dallas on the money line because if they're if they're actually uh, three-point dogs, you probably got some probably got some, some pretty good money on the money line here to, to, to pick them up. Um, so I would take Dallas on the money line here. I'm going to take Dallas to, to, to win and, and definitely to cover the three. And they're my best bet number four of the week uh, for, uh, for, the, for this week. So I'm going to take Dallas uh, to cover, and I will take the under as well. This, this, the over-under here is the highest of the week. It's 55 points. Um, so I'm going to take the under just because I don't think it'll, get, it'll hit that. Um, I'm not optimistic of a bit of it hitting that. I do think Dallas can score pretty much, you know, at will. Uh, pretty, can, can score with the best of them. He scored against Tampa Bay, who's who we know has a good defense. So I think I think Dallas and Chargers will score here. Um, I'll take the under just because that number is so high, but I'll definitely take Dallas and give me the points. I actually want to see how Zeke Elliott comes back on this one because he needs a, he needs a he needs a good game. He's gonna roll in this one. He's gonna have about seventy and a touchdown on this one for sure, for sure. Next up, we got Kansas City on Sunday Night Football at Baltimore in another primetime game. Kansas City is on the road. Baltimore is at home. Baltimore is a home underdog at plus three and a half. And this is a 55-point point spread. I'm going to take the under. I think that Kansas City really misses Sammy Watkins. They missed that second option. Nicole Hardman did not step up last week. Travis Kelsey really did. Mark Andrews had a couple of drops for Baltimore that were very key. And that one fumble by Lamar Jackson, he's not going to let that slide. And Baltimore's defense is very good at keeping running quarterbacks in the pocket, being as they get to practice one against one, the best one in the league all the time. So I'm going to take Baltimore at home, getting the points. Give me Baltimore three and a half. 
And I'm going to take the under on this one. I don't think it's going to be that high scoring. I think it will just miss somewhere around 53 or 54. I got Baltimore winning this game 31-21. Go ahead, Malik. So the interesting thing here is um, Baltimore, you know, Lamar Jackson's 0-3 against the Chiefs. He's 21-2 and against the rest of the NFL in the regular season. This dude can't beat the Chiefs. He has not been able to do it. I think he does it this time around. I'm going to take Baltimore. And uh, I think this, this week is, is a week where he, he comes in, he steps in and take and takes over. I hope he wins outright. Um, you know, obviously, you know, for a parody sake, this is the hope, this is the hopeful AFC championship game that we have not got, gotten a chance to see yet. Um, I hope uh, this is the first of the, the many big games that these two teams are going to play against each other. Uh, and, and this, this starts the rivalries right now. It's not a rivalry because Casey's been beating the brakes off of Baltimore. So this is this is, this starts the rivalry, and I'll play the under as well here. I think Baltimore has to keep it has to try to keep it low uh, in order to 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 take over. Um, but I'll take Baltimore and give me give me the three and a half points uh, at home. All right, and oh, and this is my this is my fifth lock of the week just because I have no intentions of locking up the last game that we're getting ready to talk about. Wow, wow. Get in. Well, as for me, um, it's kind of it's kind of scary. I, I do I would want to pick Baltimore, but they're actually going to be rotating four different running backs that they just picked up. I know their best running back is basically the quarterback, but still, I don't know about this one. I'm just, I, I I just have a feeling that Casey uh, that Casey's just going to go off on them just so they can make sure that they can win this game. They have to put them away and put a statement game on it. To me, just give me KC. I'm going to go against y'all guys. Yeah. And I'm actually going to take the over in this one. I think Tyron Williams was, is that what his name is? Tyron? Ty- Tyson. 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 Tyson Williams played really well last week. Le'Veon Bell is getting up to speed. And I think, who did they release? Devonta Adams? Devonta Freeman? Devonta Freeman. And they got, they signed Latavius Murray. And he yeah. played last week. And I'm surprised they, well. I'm surprised they got rid of Devonta Freeman. I guess he just wasn't healthy. But um, he's been out of the game for a little bit. But I could see Todd Gurley coming in for them and doing some work because he was actually really good for Atlanta last year, scoring eight TDs and getting about 900 yards. Regardless of that, Baltimore's winning this one. Um, last and definitely least, we have the Detroit Lions at the Green Bay Packers. The Packers, even after getting blown out 38-3, to are somehow still favored by 11 points over a team that didn't lose by 11 points last week on the road on the West coast to a team with a much better defense and probably equally as good of an offense. That being said, I have to take the Detroit lions getting 11 points. I think this is too much. This is the second largest money line favorite as the green Bay Packers are minus five ninety. but um, as bad as they played last week. And even though Detroit scored against a bunch of second teamers, they did put up 30 points, which shows me that they can score. And this coach is going to have them fighting to the end in every single game, which means a lot of large spreads are going to be covered by the Detroit Lions. So as a backdoor cover, I'm going to take the Lions getting 11 points in Green Bay early in the season. It's a division game, so it really matters to both of these teams. And if the Lions can pull off the upset here, they can probably ruin Green Bay's season. So give me Detroit. Oh, before Malik. Malik go. Wait, wait. No, 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 no. Wait, wait. No, wait, 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 done, son. Before you go, let, let him go last because this is his team. He'll know better than me. I'm just going to pick the Lions in the over in this one. Go ahead, Malik. <laughs> Lions in the over. Go ahead, Malik. You know what? I, I, 
you know, shout out, shout out if he's listening, shout out to Jalen Rose. Um, he was on ESPN earlier today and he actually, he actually picked the Lions to win this game outright, um, which is as bold as you can possibly get. I wish I was as courageous as uh, Jalen Rose is. And well, he's from Detroit, game. right? So he got to see. He's them, from, so. he's from Michigan. He's definitely there. Uh, I wish I could pick this game on the money line and just take Detroit. Um, I, 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 can't take them to win this plus 450 right yeah they're plus 450 right now i can't take them to win this game um i don't feel like this is the game that this is the game that they win when i looked at the schedule i thought this was a game that they would lose and green bay coming off of the shellacking that they received from the saints uh and coming back home with all of the you know uh aaron Rodgers relaxed comments that have been you know permeating through the through the airwaves over the course of the the last week when he did this last time i think it was two years ago the Packers went on a, went on a tear, and I believe they didn't win. They didn't lose another game until um, until the NFC Championship game against San Francisco that year. Um, so I expect the Green Bay to Green Bay to win. But I'm, I'm kind of like you here, Ace. I'm thinking there's a backdoor cover. Um, you know that Detroit will just play just play the string out, and if they don't, if nobody gets hurt, they'll just play as, as hard as they possibly can to try to keep it close, um, and and not you know not get embarrassed on Monday Night Football. Frankly, I don't see a reason why this game is on Monday Night Football. I would have preferred this game to be kind of buried into a one o'clock start on a Sunday so nobody's paying attention to it nobody cares but for some reason people want to see they, they want to see they want to see Aaron Rodgers in prime time uh regardless of who the opponent is should have had Aaron should have had Aaron Rodgers in prime time last week against New Orleans when he was getting the brakes beaten off of him but now you're going to put him against the Lions and you're going to expect expect him to score 45 points well I got I got news for you probably not going to score 45 points the problem the biggest problem for Detroit right now is they're missing uh, they're missing their best cornerbacks, Jeff Okuda. He's out for the season with his Achilles injury. And the, the rest of the secondary for Detroit is pretty, pretty, pretty young. Um, that's going to be the biggest problem here. And so because of that, I can't stand up. I can't stand the fact that I'm doing this because of that. I'll take the Packers to, wow. uh, to, win, this, to, to win this. And, and wow. this is this is why I said I did not want to make this my best bet. I didn't. I, I had another I had another best bet to, to select. And that's why I took Baltimore because I really think that the Packers are going to cover this as, as bad as, as bad as I, as bad as I want Detroit to, to cover the spread. I think the Packers coming in off their loss against, uh, against new Orleans, having to get a victory and playing on prime time. This is a game that they have to win by a fair margin uh, in order to, you know, kind of, you know, put the bluebirds to rest uh, and, 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 you know, right the ship a little bit. So I'm going to take green Bay. Uh, I will take the under here as well. Um, and I'm assuming that, Green Bay is going to you know, do what they need to do. And uh, but I'm, I'm rooting against I, this is like this is a pick I am definitely rooting against. I'm, I'm hoping that Detroit is able to cover and, and make Monday night uh, a fun night of football watching for me. And All right. So right there, just to pick pick against them. I know it's hurt. It hurts. It hurt. I mean, you've picked against the Jets twice already this this season. Did you pick against the Jets every single time last week when I made a bunch of wins on them last year? I last, yeah, last it's very year. Painful. Trust me, it's very year. painful. Yeah, it, it looked like it really pained you all those times you picked against them last year. Yeah, yeah, it very pained me. All right, to get the number two pick. Mm-hmm. Anyways, go fields all day. I'll see y'all later. Um, we're gonna go into our shoutouts. Go ahead, Malik. Well, yeah, let 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 Ant go first because I'm uh, I'm I'm fixing the, I'm fixing our board here. Oh, okay. okay. Anthony's eating right now, but no, yeah, put that no, salad doing- down. Shout out, shout out to Rumi, uh, Raheem Morris, um, the 49ers running back that is basically injured for the rest of the year. 
Raheem Mostert. Raheem Morris is the defense coordinator for LA Rams. Okay, so I kind of messed up there. Raheem Mostert. Um, shout out to him. He's, you know, big up to him. Hopefully he comes back next year. There's a story out there that he's basically you have a whole lot of fantasy football owners that is basically going around sending messages to him and his family, but hate, hateful messages too. And it's kind of wow. it's kind of messed up. Hopefully that you know he comes back next year and you know he does really good. I'm rooting for him for next year and stuff like that. Him and the 49ers to do well next year. I just want to see him come back and you know do really good. Also, shout outs to um Eric B. Enemy. Hopefully that he actually gets that he actually does go for that job at UNC. Uh, what's the name? And actually USC gets that. University of USC. Southern California. Yes, and hopefully he gets that job because I definitely want to see him show the NFL that he should have had a job long, long time ago. This is years in the making that he should have had a head coaching job. Shout outs to him. Those are going to be my two shout outs for the week. Uh, oh, if you want to, I can throw my third shout out, which is shout Go out ahead. to Wilson. He's going to still be rookie of the year. Screw that. That's my that's my last shout out. All right. I'm going to go next. Shout out to my man, Jared Patterson, formerly of the UB Bulls, who was able to get two carries for nine yards, averaging four and a half yards a carry. Pretty good debut, even though you came in just to spell Antonio Gibson. Hopefully they give you a couple more carries. You can light up this week and take down the New York football giants at home. Shout out to um, the Bishop Sycamore team who is still going to be playing this upcoming Friday. You can check them out. That's right. Bishop Sycamore is still playing games. They're not going to be televised by ESPN, but they are still going to be playing, which is kind of insane to me. I still could not believe that they're running this hustle and they're running it all year. The governor got involved and they're still going to be allowed to play these games, which is the wildest thing to me. There's dudes on that team that are 19 years old already probably graduated because it's a post-secondary academy, which is somehow legal in the state of Ohio. The fact that we have so little faith in public schools or public high schools is why we have all these IMGs and these prep schools and these academies where kids go off and try to basically become professional athletes before they're even out of high school. And I understand getting that money is important, but you got to learn to read. In the words of Chris Rock, you got to read. You got to learn to read. And to all those people who are sending all these uh, NFL players terrible messages because they put them on their fantasy team and they lost, I hope you all get chewing gum for Christmas so you can still chew and not be full. That's out to y'all. Um, you deserve nothing. And uh, fantasy football is supposed to be fun. And if you're betting on it, you should be betting on games like us because it really shows a level of degeneracy that you're going to send messages to people who don't owe you anything, who get paid by a real team to play a real game. And you get upset when they get hurt. Go ahead, Malik. All right. So my shout outs this week are actually, I have one football related shout out and then two non-football related shout outs. The last one is kind of tangential to football, but anyway, uh, my football related shout out is actually, no, I actually have, I actually have three non-football related shout outs. So I'm going to start with that. But my football related shout out, shout out to the Manning brothers. Did you guys, did you guys get a chance to see or, or, or hear the, the broadcast that the Manning brothers did during Monday night football? I saw it a replay was, of a couple of the plays. It was fun. 
it was fun. It was impressive. I'm going to be checking in for that every Monday. If that's going to be, if that's what they're going to be doing every yeah. Monday, they're going to be calling in, calling in, you know, people to come in and, uh, and guests on the guests on the show. It was so, you know, refreshing and enlightening to, to hear them, have them talk about it. And, you know, we always knew that the Mannings were an interesting pair, uh, an interesting duo to put on, to put on the, on, on TV. Um, they've done all sorts of commercials together. Um, they really made Monday Night Football a lot of fun. And uh, ESPN, uh, yeah, ESPN should probably, uh, I mean, look, I love Lewis Riddick. I think Lewis Riddick is a good guy. I think he, they already signed. I mean, they're, they're on, I believe they're, I believe they're on ESPN plus or yeah, they have like, Eli's places now instead of uh, yeah. Peyton's places. Yeah. So, so it's on ESPN plus like, so they have them signed as kind of just the secondary, but the secondary market. But the funny thing is like, you know, the, the, the broadcast, I think the, the ESPN broadcast of Monday Night Football did something like five million or something like that. Uh, and the Peyton, Peyton and Eli one completely streaming did 800,000 views. So, you know, it's showing like it has staying power and it wasn't on network television. So shout out to them for, uh, you know, for making it an for making it a very, very entertaining um, uh uh, alternative to the the main broadcast and i'll definitely be checking for them this time around especially with with the lions playing the packers the game itself may get may get out of hand so at the very least we'll have some entertainment from from those two rather than uh you know the espn guys trying to give some kind of real dry commentary on why it's important to continue watching the lions the lions and packers game because it's really not going to be <laughs> seriously I'm, I'm sorry it's just not going to be that, that that important shout out to the yankees uh for you know hope holding on as best as they possibly can uh winning uh winning a game in the top of the ninth inning against the orioles today to maintain their very 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 slim um you know lead over the boston red sox for the right. you know the, the final uh wild card spot 17 rings bro 27 rings yeah. 17 games left in the baseball season if you're not watching baseball right now this is the time to be watching this is the time to be paying attention to what's going on in the baseball world um if you like the game this is when it gets fun uh in my opinion uh end of the season you know the pitching duels the defense the matchups all that stuff all that stuff is where where, where it's where it's at so shout out to them uh to the yankees for you know keeping keeping me completely interested in it because when the yankees are out of the playoffs i stop watching the baseball playoffs just that's just that's just how it is <laughs> <laughs> shout out to uh emma uh Radu, raducanu i hope i pronounced her name correctly i think it's i think it's raducanu um unlike the unlike the majority of my, my peers on this show i actually i watched the women's tennis final on saturday afternoon wow um, emma emma versus Layla fernandez uh, I I'm, I'm a huge tennis fan. Um, love watching, love watching the sport, prefer watching the women's the women's game over the men's game, the men's game. Uh, and, and that's actually shown, shown outright, which I didn't realize, but it's shown outright over the course of just watching over the course of, um, you know, looking at the numbers, uh, more people watch the women's game than the men's game. I didn't know that that was, Oh yeah. Overall that was numbers thing. for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my favorite tennis player of all time is Andre Agassi. Um, but, um, really? Uh, yeah. I loved Andre Agassi. Um, hmm. Just, just, just love the way he played. Is it the hair? Um, the true true share? Was the hair? The crazy? I mean, he was just, he was, he was just a wild dude out there, and he was, and he was a small guy, and he, and he, and he won a lot. Um, he made it interesting. Yeah, he made, he made, he made it very interesting. But anyway, uh, shout uh-huh. out to Emma Raducanu, uh, 18, 18 years old, uh, uh-huh. winning, winning the women's final at the U.S. Open this year. Uh, it was the first final in about twenty some odd years between two since nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, since yeah, Serena two, won her yeah, first. Between, yeah, between two teenage teenage uh, teenagers and the first, I believe, I mean, 
the Emma's story of going through going through the qualifiers, you know, she she came in as a qualifier. She wasn't she wasn't an automatic. She's bid. the first so she qualifier in, to win in yeah, the open era. To win win in the open era. So that's yeah. that's just impressive impressive altogether. And not only did she win in the open era, she didn't lose a set. The entire the entire U.S. Open. That's freaking amazing. Most so, impressive thing I've ever seen. Yeah, it was it was really impressive to watch her watch her do do her thing. If you like tennis, that was a great it was a great opportunity. Uh, watch her because she's uh, she's coming up. And, and shout out to my Jose. man Medvedev, who was heckling the crowd last year at the U.S. Open, and who did it again <laughs> this year, and then beat beat Novak Djokovic, denying him the opportunity to have the most major the calendar, wins ever. And I love and it. the calendar Grand Slam, which which he you know he I, was going for as well. I so. love to see it. I love to see it. I'm here for it. It was cool. It was cool. And before I get my last shout out, did you have something to say? No, no, I didn't say. I was just okay. That. Anyway, okay. Just feels last, starting. Last and final shout out. Um, this is tangential. It's 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 kind of for Russell Wilson, but it's really not for Russell Wilson. Shout out to Russell Wilson's wife, Sierra, showing you how a woman is to support her man. Did y'all see her at the Met Gala? Did you see the dress that this woman wore at the Met Gala? Guess yeah. what? She turned her husband's football no. jersey into a dress and wore that to the Met Gala. She was looking you absolutely good, absolutely gorgeous, absolutely stunning. That's how you represent. Because if, if her man, if a man would have been available, he would have been at the at the match with at the at the Met Gala with her. He couldn't make it. So what does she do? She does exactly what women, you know, supportive women should do. She puts on the dress, the number three. It was beautiful. It was amazing. She won. Uh, she won awards. She was the looker of the entire of the entire event. I don't even. I don't pay attention to any of that. But it mm. was on ESPN and it showed right away. And I'm a huge fan. I'm already a fan of Russell Wilson. Already yeah. a fan of Ciara. Um, so I was happy to see that, and I was absolutely blown away by her show now, of devotion and support and love for her husband. Question: uh, While he wasn't able to be there, football players in the past have gone to the Met Gala, right? Because I remember yes. OBJ went back in the day when he had the wild hair with the Giants. Yeah, when it when it so I mean, when it was it, usually it, held, it used to be held in like the spring, right? It used to be held in the spring when you know during the off season, so they could go. So, got it. Got you know, it. so they Russell, to uh, yeah, Russell Westbrook was there. Um, there was uh, Serena Williams was there. Um, okay. They, yeah, yeah, so definitely, you know, stars of the um, music and entertainment and sports world, you know, go to go to this event. It's a huge, obviously, a huge opportunity for them to rub shoulders with one another and 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 show off their 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 outfits. But showstopper Ciara killed it. Absolutely. And, and 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 trooped up for her man uh, in a way that, you know, I hope all women out there see and, you know, and, and, and you know, take take a take a key to it. if you love your man, show him, show him by doing something like that. I heard she was even wearing a Super Bowl ring today as well. And, a, wow. and like a bling and like a blinged out football like that. She would that she, it was I'm her purse it. was her purse, too. Like football seriously. is the fall. Seriously, seriously. Um, I mean, probably support. had they probably had another baby that night. Seriously. <laughs> oh lord. They look. That's that look. I'm flying home. I'm fly, I'm flying back, and I was here in New York, so I would have been flying straight from Indianapolis to New York. <laughs> you know, Seattle. Y'all gonna have to. What are the odds on that? What are the? What, yeah. Where's the line on that? What if the MGM Sports put that Caesar? <laughs> oh man. Shout out to them, man. All oh, right, we out. I have one more shout out. Take take that back. One more shout out to Norm McDonald, who passed away this past week. Yes, um, I did forget about that. Yes, great Bob Dole impression. I used to love him on Celebrity Jeopardy as Burt Reynolds. Uh, very, very funny guy. Never got a chance to meet him, but one of my comedy heroes. Shout out to him in Canada, who's going to be missing him. And uh, that's a wrap. Yeah, absolutely. Peace. Peace. We out Peace here. Out, everybody.
it's funny 